Hey everyone, welcome to MCU Fan Show episode 300. My name is Sean Gerber. In a moment, I'll be joined by Paul Herman for a very special episode of Giving Thanks here on MCU Fan Show. But before we start our expressions of gratitude, want to let you know once again about Fan Show Plus. That is where you can hear us talk about even more MCU topics, whether that's at patreon.com slash Sean Gerber or for premium subscribers on Apple Podcast subscriptions right here in the same place where you see MCU fan uh, show episodes on your Apple Podcast feed. You can find these episodes of Fan Show Plus and you can subscribe so that you can hear them where you hear us talk about extra MCU topics where lately we've been talking about Pedro Pascal reportedly being in talks to play Reed Richards in Fantastic Four, Michael Waldron writing Avengers The Kang Dynasty in addition to Avengers Secret Wars, which he had previously been hired to write, Disney CEO Bob Iger's recent comments about the Marvels and Marvel Studios, and the latest release date reshuffling for Marvel Studios and how delays to movies like Deadpool 3 and Cap 4 may actually help Marvel Studios in their current situation. So make sure you check those out by subscribing at either patreon.com slash Sean Gerber or via Apple Podcast subscriptions. Also, make sure that you are following us in those places you can. We are at MCU Fan Show on Instagram, Threads, and X, formerly Twitter. And if you're enjoying the show, we would greatly appreciate a rating and review from you on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference and helps the show out. So thank you so much to, uh, to everyone who has already taken the time to share their rating and review. And thanks in advance to anyone who plans to add their rating and review. And now... On with our show. For the 300th time, well, not quite. I know you haven't been on every episode, most of them, for almost the 300th time. Well, I think when you count other Patreon stuff, approximately, Paul, for the 300th time, (laughs) how you doing? Oh man, it's just great. It's it's the fact this show has been going on for so long. We've been doing this for a, a long time now. Is just a, it's been a huge blessing for me. I've you know we'll, we're gonna get into it, but yeah, it's been it's been a ride, and I've, I I count myself extremely fortunate to be a part of it. And I have to thank you. I'm very thankful for you, Sean. I I, I start that out with me. I'll just really quick because I, I don't want to take it for granted. I I just you know we've. I've, we've been in this business, business too long and been around too many people to just know things can fizzle out and mm-hmm. things can not work out, you know, f- for whatever reason. Right. And the fact that me and you are doing this now and we're still going strong is just a testament to our friendship and just to, to our, just the fact that you want to keep going. And I, we both want to keep going. We both love Marvel and MCU. So it's just I'm just thankful for you that you want to keep doing it. And so thank you for ha- basically helping me start the platform that I never thought I'd do. And thankful for you, my friend. So thank you, Sean. Well, you are very welcome. And thank you for all of that. And of course, I am very grateful for you, Paul, my dear friend. I, I love you very much. And I am so happy that you emailed me back in the early days of modern myth media to uh, kind of. But you did actually send, as I've said before, little history lesson, which some of you who've listened to us for a long time have already heard, so I apologize, but maybe you'll just get wrapped up in the, the nostalgia like I am. Yes, um, yes. But yeah, in the early days of the Modern Myth Media podcast, of which this show is it kind of became a, a spinoff and then basically kind of grew to being very much its own thing, but uh, Paul had reached out and um, and wanted to be on the show as as a Marvel zombie to add to our mix on the Modern Myth Media podcast. 
And so, uh, but he didn't just, lots of people have asked to be on podcasts that I've done over the years, but not everybody actually sends their previous work in podcasting. And, and Paul sent links to shows that he had done. And I thought he sounded great. I thought he sounded like he'd be a fun addition. And so brought him on to Modern Myth Media. And then the rest kind of became history. Eventually, Modern Myth Media led to the spinoff of Making Mine Marvel, which is the original name of this show that then became Marvel News and Marvel Studios News before ultimately having its current title for the past few years. Uh, and the title that I, I believe will remain, MCU Fan Show. And here we are, 300 episodes later. But I, I think when you hear that history, because this specific podcast we launched in 2015, but of course we got together for Modern Myth Media in the spring of 2011. And so through that time, while I appreciate and, and mark the milestone that this is episode 300, we've done a lot more than 300 episodes, a couple hundred episodes worth of Modern Myth Media. And I was just looking at it the other day. If you include all the premium podcasts on the Patreon, I've done over 1,400 episodes of this show and various shows or extensions of this show via uh, the via Patreon and the, the main podcast and everything else. And, you know, Paul, it's been so great to have you uh, along, you at my side through this journey, because that's part of what really elevates the experience is being able to experience it with someone you really care about. And also yeah. what I've always appreciated about our dynamic is um, there are many ways in which you and I are very much the same, but mm -hmm. we think totally differently. And yep. so <laughs> yes. I think what has been what has been very much apparent over the course of this show is that even when we agree in the general sense that we like a Marvel thing, we often like it for very different reasons. Like when we've had the opportunity over the course of this show to highlight favorite moments and other things, we end up with wildly different lists of this franchise that we, this collection of stories that we love so much. And it just speaks to the different perspectives that we both, uh, that we both bring to the table. And so I, of course, am very thankful to have you here with me, Paul, as, and being part of this show and it's been so much fun to continue doing it. And I think that gratitude, it's aided by knowing that there was a time when, you know, this show in 2017 where it kind of fell off. My fault because of my work schedule and it was really difficult for me to keep up with it. But we really, and that's part of why, you know, we've been doing the show for eight years. And so normally you'd be higher up and if, if you're doing a almost weekly show. I might have more than 300 episodes. We fell off for a little bit because of my own work schedule, but being able to bring it back in full force and staying pretty consistent with it since 2018, um, it's been amazing. And knowing what it was like to not have this show as often just deepened my appreciation for these uh, these weekly chats that we get to have about one of our, our most favorite things in, in the whole world and one of our most favorite collections of stories. But mm -hmm. as much as I want to and now have, thank you, Paul, I, I know there's someone else out there or lots of someone else's out there that we both really, really want to thank. And that is you, dear listener. Everybody who's ever listened to these podcasts, I have so much uh, appreciation for for the fact that you have tuned in, especially if you tuned into one episode and you liked it enough that you decided to tune in again, um, which a lot of you have done over the years. I really, I, I can't say enough and, and can't fully express just how much it means to know that there are people who 
actually care what we have to think about these, or even if you don't care, if you're just mildly entertained or it's good background noise for you, I'll take it. That's totally fine. So I really do appreciate that there is an audience of you out there who really, really love the Marvel Cinematic Universe like we do, and you just want to, in some way, deepen your your exploration of it, your connection to it, or just hear more about it and just keep it in your head for longer and find different ways to keep it in your headspace for as much of your day or your week as you can. And the fact that you invite us to be part of that and help you with that is something that means a great deal to us. And, and I know that when I'm thinking about it, and it's it's been a year where I'm certainly reminiscing and being nostalgic because while this is the 300th episode of MCU Fan Show, this past September marked my 15th anniversary in podcasting about superhero-based cinema for my own journey, starting on the original version of the, the Batman on Film podcast and then launching Modern Myth Media, some other spinoffs, and, and ultimately making my Marvel, Marvel News, Marvel Studios News, MCU fan show. It's been, uh, it's been amazing to have that opportunity. And it's also been really humbling to know that there are a number of you out there who I know have been with me for a long time. Some of you have been listening to me ramble on about my favorite things. For You've been kind enough to uh, put up with those rambles and endure them for 15 years, or for some of you, it's 12 years if you found us during Modern Myth Media. But also, if you're somebody who is who is a brand new listener, you found us because of our Loki Season 2 spoiler reviews. Well, welcome. Thank you for being here. It really, I, I cannot express, which is why I just have to repeat it over and over again, because I don't have enough words. I don't have the words to really communicate how much it, it's meant to me and how much it continues to mean to me. Um, that you all are here and you continue to listen to it, especially when we get the types of comments and reviews. And, and my favorite type of comment and, and review that we've had over the years, and we've had it multiple times, so it suggests that maybe occasionally we do something right, is when people say when they're listening to us on these podcasts, Paul, they feel like they're in the room talking to uh, talking to their friends or hearing their friends talk about some of their favorite movies, their favorite stories, their favorite things. And that really is kind of the goal here anyway. And that was kind of how it all started and, and where it all came from anyway. Yeah. So when I think about the things that I am most thankful for as it pertains to the MCU, as it pertains to uh, this podcast, it, it is, of course, the the friends I've made along the way, and I will highlight them. Um, but also, yeah. you know, you, our friends, our, our listeners who've, who've continued yeah. to be right there with us on this journey through the Marvel Cinematic Universe and other things that that we love, uh, really, you are very much appreciated, and and I know I am very grateful for you, and I'm I'm sure Paul is too. No, obviously, and it, it, it's so it's so funny because people when we watch these things and, we, and ourselves, Sean, whatever, we always see people do this. They always say we want to thank you, and it's it always kind of okay. It's the, it's the obligatory, uh, you know, we gotta. You know, but the thing is. It's, a, it's so standard because it has to be because without everyone listening, it, there, there is no reason to do it to, you know, we could, I could talk about this with my friends all day long, you know, and that's what I'm grateful for, but everyone, you know, giving us a reason to do it, it, it does motivate us and help us. And like, it's just, it's awesome. It's so appreciative. And I just want people to know that it's not lost on us, you know, especially yeah. me too. I mean, and, and like, I listen, 
I am not the easiest person to listen to all, all the time. I, I hear myself talk and it drives me nuts. I'm like, how can anyone stand listening to me for like more than five minutes is beyond me. So just for people who don't like me out there who listen to this, I understand because I, I, I I'm, in your, I'm in your camp probably more than you realize. But whatever the case, I just want to say thank you. There's so many people to like always make comments, you know, whether it be criticism or even nice things or, or at least or at least uh, cordial about it, could talk about it. Because I love engaging with people and talking about Marvel, and that's what it's all about. And we would not be in the situation if not for people to want to keep listening. You know, I, when we did the um, the whole uh, you know Road to the MCU, Road to Infinity War, mm-hmm. uh, Sean, that that was probably I, I still look at that as some of my favorite podcasting we've ever done. Yeah, because how how much and every we get so many responses from it, too. You know, you, you tell me people always talk about those episodes being like great entry points, but not just that, but just like just fun, just kind of evergreen episodes. And if you're just listening now, go check those out. Those are some of my favorite because it's a, a time capsule of our life at that time when the movie came out. And it's so much because these these movies meant so much to us, we we remember all the things that were happening around us and how those movies affected our lives, and and, and again, it's 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 just you know commercialized art. I get it, but it does it does make things you know our lives are set around this in some in some ways, and it's just kind of fun to kind of relive those moments. And man, so many memories would flood back to me, and I just love that. And those that was a special time leading up to Infinity War, and may, honestly, maybe that's why I always prefer Infinity War over to Endgame. You know, Endgame obviously has the best ending of all time, but Infinity War just has such a special place in my heart. And I wonder if it's because we did those episodes. I don't know, but I mean, I just it didn't hurt. It, it, yeah, it, it didn't, didn't hurt. hurt. Yeah. And and I think in those episodes, for uh, for reference, by the way, if you want to scroll way back in the feed. Although I think some of those episodes might be broken in various transfers. Like I'll have to go back and check them out and I'll, I'll fix them if they're broken and some of them aren't working. But that spans from episodes 55 through 74 of this podcast. I think there's another one mixed in. Episode 64 was uh, an interview with uh, former Marvel Studios uh, visual development illustrator uh, Anthony Francisco. But uh, also wrapped around that episode are a bunch of episodes that we did that we called The Road to Infinity War. And jumping ahead a little bit, because I will throw out some other favorite episodes that we've had uh, in the in the overall history of this podcast um, a little bit later on in the show. But Road to Infinity War was big. And when I talked about this episode, there's this podcast really coming back in full force in 2018 it really started with Road to Infinity War. And it was a special time, not just because Infinity War was coming out and we were very excited about it. It was the 10th anniversary of Marvel Studios. And so there was a lot of coverage around that. And I was just flooded with all of these feelings of, of what it was like. And when you really do think about and try to focus and, and hone in on what your experience was in, in watching a lot of these movies, if you were there when, as these movies were coming out, Maybe you joined the MCU later, and that's totally cool, too. But if you were there in the those early days of the MCU and, and all the movies that led up to Avengers Infinity War, what I found is I was just being flooded with all these feelings of nostalgia and, and how happy all that made me to go back and think about and be surprised by just how much I remembered about the journey to each of those movies leading up to that point. And of course, in the middle of that road to Infinity War, Black Panther came out, so that became part of the Road to Infinity War was a spoiler review for Black Panther. And, and so 
just all of those feelings about it, all of those feelings and all of those memories of the journeys to those various MCU stories, what it also really made what really clarified for me is just how much it really did mean to me and and how much all of those stories really meant to me and all of that experience with them not just watching the movies for the first time or second time or fifth time who I watched those movies with who I had the conversations with about those movies leading up to them when new trailers came out and yeah a lot of the times that was right here and in podcast form whether it was on modern myth media or various title iterations of, of MCU fan show. And that's why the road to infinity war became, uh, it's still one of my favorite things that we've ever done on the podcast. It is something that I, we still get and bless you for it, for anybody who's paid us a compliment about that series. I still get positive feedback about the road to infinity war series. Cause I think for a lot of you, it's just a, a similar experience of wanting to go back through it. And hopefully us just, going through our own memories of our own journeys to those movies helped you remember and and helped you go back through your own journeys to those stories and, and how much they've meant to you and, and and just helped highlight that in any way that we could. Because that's really what it was, was having a feeling exp- and ha- or having a lot of feelings and expressing those feelings. And that's kind of what we do here in addition to our thoughts and analysis and, and speculation, which may or may not pan out most of the times not, but hey, occasionally something hits. So that's really kind of a, a big part of, of what this podcast has has been about. And I think Road to Infinity War really did set the tone for what this podcast has become. You know, of course, I mean, it was already I was already a fan of it and already enjoyed doing it before that. But I, I think it was a, a key moment in the history of this podcast and, and certainly a lot of beloved episodes there. And so we certainly thank everybody who who either you were listening to those as they came out or you went back and found them. I'm just really uh, appreciative of that. But yeah, Paul, the, the road to Infinity War uh, was certainly special because it it helps you realize just how special all of this stuff is is to us kind of all the time and, and more than we realize. Yeah, no, it, it was um, the, I, I look back at that time and just it being I'll, I'll be just kind of give people a reference point in my life at that, at that moment. It was a real dark time in my life. And I probably my only escape was probably star Wars and Marvel and doing podcasts. And, and, and that stuff was what helped me kind of stay without going mega, mega dark, to be quite honest. Um, just going through a lot of just stuff at that time frame, those couple of years. And it was, you know, like I said, Marvel definitely and doing the show and, and the road to infinity war helped me kind of look back on my life a little bit and, and, and being serious too. Like this is what it, Sean knows what I was going through at the time and, and everything. And, I could tell you like it was it was hard and, and going but going back and talking about those movies again and, and and reflecting on my life, just seeing how I change and things have gotten better or, or whatever. It was nice to see. And it was nice to kind of, again, relieving that those moments and maybe again, realize that why these movies are important. It's, you know, like I said, like it's just commercialized art. You know, you can you can always downplay the stuff as like, you know, it's fleeting, whatever it's, you know, or kid stuff or whatever. I'm a big kid and that's why I love it, but I'm going to be honest, but at the same time, the escapism that it creates and the way that I just, you know, it's just, it's such a nice thing to get lost into because it's so massive. And I, and I love how the MCU, it just, you can always like reflect on these things in your life as you watch them. And then they go, Oh yeah, this, this happened in here. And then like, and how you get stoked for the next thing to come out. Like, that's why the connected universe works because 
they're always tied to some part of your life in some way. And it always triggers those, those, those things. And, and again, like we could go on and on about this, you know, whatever, but I, I, I just so thankful for those, those episodes because I think they definitely helped me in different times, put perspective of things of what I was going through and, and reminded me of why I love doing the show and why I love the MCU and Marvel uh, as is, because you know, what, what, what reliving it all. It was just a great, great experience. Yeah, it, it it was a great experience there in in 2018, and and I think it, as I said, set the tone for was kind of a key moment. I think of growth for the show, not just in terms of the audience for the show. I think for us doing this, um, which brings me back to though, uh, my gratitude for for you, our audience, which is that you also make us better at this because we want to be better at this and we want these to be good shows for you. I mean, we want to, of course, be honest about what we're saying and what we're communicating about these stories that we love or maybe in some cases we don't love quite so much. But I think it's it's really about wanting to have a, a show that you know lives up to and, and helps convey the connection that a lot of us have to these stories and the connections that a lot of us have to each other as a community that is loving and and embracing these stories and and just to make uh you know to talk about that point a little bit about the MCU kind of as commercialized art and big blockbuster movies and all of that stuff its status in those respects and and even though there is yes the the escapism is very much a a real part of the appeal of these movies and these stories but what's also real are the genuine emotional connections and responses that we can have as a result of these movies and the the journeys that we see these characters go on and these movies can be just as moving and have just as much artistic merit as anything else and i don't and i will argue uh forever on that point it doesn't mean that everything is of the highest possible quality some movies are greater than others or better than others or however you want to look at it. But there is so much greatness and, and genuinely great storytelling on all levels to be found within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is a huge, huge part of why these stories have, have meant so much. And I also would be remiss if I didn't highlight some listeners, because as I mentioned, when the podcast came back in full force in 2018... That was also when we launched the Patreon, and there are some folks who joined us on the Patreon within the first month of our launch and are still with us today, them being Darren and Jim, who's been on the show, David, Nick, Brian, Carrie, TJ, Brent, who's been on the show, Brian, who's been on the show, and Ron. Thank you all so much for joining us early on in the early days of the Patreon and sticking with us. If there's anyone I missed, I'm just going off of the data that's there on the Patreon, but if there's anyone that maybe wasn't shown there, I do apologize, but you are very much appreciated. And everybody who's ever signed up for the Patreon or who's ever signed up on Apple Podcasts who liked these shows enough that they were they wanted to listen to even more of them and pay a subscription to listen to more of us talking about this stuff that we love so much, very do uh, really do appreciate that. And it is not lost on us one bit that everybody's out there working hard for the money that they have and that they spend some of that money to hear more of these podcasts. Uh, we really, really do appreciate that. And it is very just, it always is humbling to know that uh, there are those of you who are willing to do that. But also, as I said, even if you're not subscribing to the premium shows, if you're just here 
listening to MCU Fan Show. Also, still very much appreciated for being a part of this with us because that's also what gives me, I, I know for me, selfishly or unselfishly, it gives me a sense of community of knowing that we're all here and we're all still caring about this thing. And the people who listen to this show help represent that and, and help make that, just continue to make that very much apparent to me. Not that there's other places, obviously there's other places we can go to see that there are fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but the fans who want to listen to as as deep as we dive on these shows, it is that's not lost on me at all. And, and there's a certain you know kinship I know that we feel uh, with those of you who we just we just see it and we recognize it within each other. You maybe see it and recognize it or hear it in in how we communicate on this podcast and the things we talk about on this podcast. But the fact that you tune in and listen and, and that you continue to tune in and listen, that's how it gets communicated right back to us, that we're all still here with this MCU party. And even at a time right now where so many people, it's it's so easy to be so down on the MCU and there mm-hmm. tends to be a lot of bad news about the MCU or some disappointments here or there that there are those of us here who still are, are, are still totally on board with this and still totally excited about this. We certainly want uh, things to be great and we want things to continue being great and to see Marvel Studios go on a run like we've seen previously. But there's still a love for these characters and these stories that is very much alive within MCU fandom and that's certainly not solely represented by anyone's interest in this podcast, but it is at least in its own way some evidence of that point. And we very much uh, appreciate the way that you that you represent that, both in being an audience for this show, but also being an audience that continues to tune in for the latest yeah. installments of the uh, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So very grateful for all of you, and, and of course, Paul. I know you and I are also grateful for just a lot of the friends that we've made along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that there Dude. are people who've joined us through this community as listeners to the podcast who've become friends, uh, like my buddy Tom, who's been on the show, who joined me for uh, numerous episodes like Marvelous Moments and things on the Patreon, but also episode 245, the Moon Knight episode three, spoiler review, uh, friends like Maya and, and Robert who have been on the show. And just a lot, of, a lot of other friends, different Robert, who I've been friends with through Batman on film, not just podcasting, but message boards and through the medium of podcasting. I mean, that's how you and I uh, found each other. That's how some of the friendships that were just kind of back and forth on message boards became conversations that were had via Skype or whatever voiceover IP uh, we needed or, or we had at the time. And so, you know, and podcasting was a, a huge part of what if it's not what established a friendship, then it's a huge part of what cultivated friendships in in a lot of ways. Now, podcasting is how uh, my friend from work, Justin, became uh, e- an even better friend because of the our shared interest in these nerdy things that then we came on and started doing podcasts about. And of course, our, our dearly departed friend, John Beerley, uh, one of the greatest humans who's ever lived. Mm-hmm. I knew John through Batman on film and, and writing articles and being on message boards and stuff like that. But it wasn't until I actually got to talk to the guy on a podcast where that friendship really blossomed. And the fact that it wasn't on this podcast it was on Modern Myth Media. But, you know, there actually is audio documentation of the first time you met John Beerley. Um, Amazing. Is uh, something that's just incredible. And, you know, while we highlighted the or the road to Infinity War, 
what will always go down as my absolute favorite episode in the history of this podcast. And if you haven't listened to it, please go back and listen to it. And even if you have, uh, go back and listen to it again. I'm sure many of you already listened to it multiple times, in, in which case, thank you again. But episode 124, our Avengers Endgame spoiler review. I mentioned how you as an audience inspire us to be better. Uh, the MCU also can help inspire us to be better. And when I saw Avengers Endgame, and I knew that I loved it as much as I did, I mean, the pressure was already there, but the pressure was amplified when I saw Avengers Endgame, and I knew that we needed to have a great spoiler review in order to just measure up to what an amazing movie Endgame was and, and the perfect culmination to the Infinity Saga. We, need a po- we needed a podcast that could represent that. And I knew I needed to bring in somebody who was always better at this than Paul and I ever were. And so I, I brought in a ringer with John Beerley to come in and join us for that spoiler review. And we were very fortunate that he did. Um, and that remains my favorite episode of this podcast. I am very, very proud of that episode. I, I think we did right by Avengers Endgame in that episode of the podcast, largely because of, uh, of the late, great John Beerley, who was a, a dear friend. And obviously, the friendship went beyond podcasting, of course. But in terms of where it really started, it was via this. Um, it was via doing stuff like this and, and just bonding over the things, the characters and stories that we love. So the friends that I have made along the way, podcasting also a big part of deepening my friendship uh, with my good friend Mark Hughes. It's just been such a blessing to have made so many friends and so many connections with people through this and, and also connections, as I said, with our listeners. If I if I haven't met you or we haven't interacted on social, it doesn't mean that I don't, uh, I may not specifically know your name, but I do know a lot of you are out there and we do care. But the, the friends that I have had been blessed to to meet and, and develop those friendships with is just, has been such a huge thing and made a, a massive impact on my life. And I will forever be grateful for that. Yeah, you know, I, I could be here for days talking about, obviously, John Beerley, Chris Cloud, Justin Bolger, you know, um, just, just the, the people who I consider my family. And you know, I, again, I could, I could be here for eons and I would never have known it without doing Modern Myth Media and strengthening everything through Sean. And it's just it's crazy, this world. And it just shows you just to me, it just shows you it, even when things aren't like if your shows aren't popping the way they are, you just keep doing things you do. And you just develop and keep developing relationships, developing is a, a key word here, developing relationships, relationships with people. You'd be amazed at what you can accomplish and what you'll get out of it over time. And, it, and it, nothing's instantaneous. And for anyone who wants to get into podcasting and things like that, I just encourage just to develop relationships and develops a keyword again, develop relationships with people, get to know people and you never know who you might connect with someone and become like that person becomes a part of your family. Cause I had never, I, when me and John connected on that Thor episode, never would have thought, you know, we would become as close as we did. I, we, I, I mean, I you love can hear the, it now, but well, yeah, but well, right. how, yeah. How could you have imagined then? But, but I, cause you know, you, I instantly don't connect with people, you know, I mean, I, I I'm a people person and I, I connect with a lot of people, but like, not like with John, I, you can kind of, I know when I can vibe with someone, I'm like, oh man, me and, me and this person would be mega tight, like mega tight. And instantly 
And I was right because we became we became a brother. We vacationed together for God's sake. Yeah, um, no, it was uh, the greatest meet cute in the history of podcasting. It was, it was, it, it, at least for me. Uh, yeah, in my opinion, it was. It was an amazing experience. And you know, I, yeah, I just want to encourage people just to keep just to, you know working with people and because you just never know what's going to happen and just keep it going. And, and it, you're it just it's all about the, the people you meet along the way. And and I besides like obviously. You know, people like, you know, Tim Jirasi, who's become one of my closest friends now. And we do the saga continues with him and, mm-hmm. and it got to know through Kyle. Tim was a fan of the show. And it was through that that we became friends and we found out we were huge Star Wars fans together. And then ever since then, we became like super tight. And honestly, I'll I can tell you right now during like some of the craziest time of my life when we had Lulu and we were in California. I can tell you right now, like Tim was there as a rock. For me, you know, and I, and it's so funny because I was telling my, my wife this other day. I'm like, I almost sometimes feel like some, like, like the universe, whatever, whatever you believe, whatever deity, religion, whatever, but whatever deity is out there knew that I needed someone at that time in my life at that very moment and needed to be within like earshot and be readily available. And Tim was that person. And Tim and that and I honestly feel like I had to meet Tim as a self as my own selfish reasons. And I told Tim this too. He's laughed at me. But uh, I said, I think that you, we were meant to be friends. So you would be there when, at like the time when I was like probably the most mentally insane in my life. And you were there to be like the anchor because my wife and me were, were in a different universe. It's a long story. But uh, Tim was there and was like support. I could go to him whenever I needed him. And it was amazing. And I feel like I, he was literally brought into my life just for that moment because I needed something like him at that very moment. So it's amazing. And, and the show besides like the family I've met tons of great people I've got to know, like uh, Ryan Yunt, uh, on Twitter, if you're listening to this, uh, Del Reed, Bill's mafia, my boy, the guy rules, makes shirts for, for people. And like, is an awesome dude, Adam Nye, uh, another great guy. I used to listen to his band, you know, before I, he, before he listened to the show or the show was even in existence. And then I find out Adam, this guy, like, I listened to your band back in the day, you know? So it's crazy how this all happens. And there's a tons of other people. I'll probably forget their names off the, off the top of my head, but People who've helped contribute to um, other podcasts, who support my other podcasts, like The Saga Continues, or my new venture right now, The Comic Binge, but on YouTube. So many people have supported it from, from the show and, and told me that. And I super appreciate it. You have no idea how much it means to me. So they all the people, obviously my family that I've met through you know through this and strengthened. The biggest word is developing and strengthening and, and beautiful relationships and all the people I've met. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of other connections I've made, just even people who are not part of the podcast that I've been on, but we've met through podcasts and being guests on various podcasts. I mean, the guys at Heroes uh, Heroes Reforged, I can't say enough good things about Adam Lavick and Agustin Rios and and Hector Navarro. They are those are awesome guys that I've been fortunate enough to be able to connect with and also other people who whether they've been part of the Patreon or there are other people who are just and they're they're connecting with me through our socials, people like Katie and Kara, another a fellow Seahawks fan for you uh, there, Paul. Um, but Leah, Lisa, there are so many of you out there um, who have just been such an awesome part of our experience with this uh, with this podcast. And we really do. And Carol as well. So many of you who have checked in over the years and continue to check in. 
And we really do uh, appreciate it. And just share your excitement with us, um, your excitement as fans, with us as fellow fans. It, it always has meant a lot, and it always will continue to mean a lot. And it is a, a huge part of what we are so grateful for. Uh, thanks to the MCU, and, and thanks to being being fortunate enough to have this podcast uh, dedicated to the goings-on of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So beyond the gratitude for our listeners, our community, our friends, another thing that I'm grateful for, Paul, I'm grateful for the word that kept coming to mind as I was thinking about this. And, and I know, by the way, as we're doing a, an episode about giving thanks, I'm aware that Thanksgiving was last week, but I think... This is still the season of, of giving thanks, and also really an attitude of gratitude is nice to have any time of year. And one of the words that came to mind when I was thinking about what I'm grateful for or thankful for over the course of this podcast and, and being a fan of the MCU and, and superheroes in general, and especially superhero-based movies, one word that kept coming to mind was perspective. And I think there are a lot of reasons for that. I'm thankful to have the perspective I have because of when I came onto this earth. Like, I'm really glad. I mean, I wasn't super stoked about when I was born earlier this year when I officially hit 40. So, like, that was a bit of a bummer. But that aside, I actually am very happy that, uh, that I arrived here when I did because of the perspective that I have, especially within the context of superhero-based movies, because I can still very remember how for most of my life, it wasn't like this. And wanting it to kind of be like this, or actually not even, this being so far beyond what you would even dream it could be like, in terms of just how many superhero-based stories there could be, especially in cinematic form, or in televised form, in live action form, although I certainly have always been a big, big fan of superhero animation. But just this, it's gone so far beyond what I ever dreamed it could be. And I love that I was old enough to, just barely old enough to actually remember what it was like for Batmania in 1989 with Tim Burton's Batman. I guess you could argue maybe I'd like to be a little bit older to have seen Superman the movie in theaters and actually remember that experience. But in order to do that, I'd have to be 50 instead of 40, and I'd, I'd prefer to be 40. Nothing against being 50. I'd just prefer to be 40. So I'll, I'll stick with where I'm at. But I do like having that perspective of going through the 90s, where for the most part, a superhero movie genre was just a dream. And the dream felt like it was realized in the early 2000s when we finally got X-Men movies or just an X-Men movie, a Spider-Man movie, and feeling like we finally arrived and what little did we know at the time based on where it would go from there, especially with the Marvel Cinematic Universe launching with Iron Man in 2008. But I appreciate having that perspective because I think it's deepened my appreciation for everything that we have. And I think that perspective is important and worth maintaining. And, and even if it's not a perspective you have, because maybe uh, when you were growing up, super, you're younger than us and, and superhero movies have kind of always been readily available, try to have some perspective of it wasn't always like this, and none of this uh, was certainly ever guaranteed. And the fact that we got the Infinity Saga and have it be as great as it was is something that it wasn't lost on me just how special it was that that even happened. And 
It will never be lost on me just how special it is that that even happened. But I'm not just putting a button on it with the Infinity Saga. It's still very special that this continues to happen and that these characters and these stories continue to be showcased in, in such a massive way as they as they are, as they continue to be. And And I don't lose that perspective just because maybe a few things in uh, the last couple of years haven't been as good, haven't been up to the standard that we've normally come to expect from the MCU. Or if the world around us maybe isn't as into the MCU as they were in 2018, 2019, and even I would argue for a lot of 2021 when you really look at it, if the world isn't as into the MCU right now at this particular moment, I also have been around and following this stuff long enough to have that perspective and be grateful for the perspective of knowing that this is also a very cyclical thing, that in my time being a fan of superheroes across many different forms of media, that there have been the ebbs and flows. There are times where it's at a peak, and then there are times where maybe it drops a little bit before the interest is ultimately elevated. And that perspective is what really powers the optimism I have that for whatever pessimism might be out there for the MCU, people being down on the MCU, people trying to say that it's actually over now, I just don't feel that way. Um, and the reason I have that optimism is because I've, I've been here before, I've seen this movie before, and I have enough perspective over the history of superheroes and specifically superheroes at the movies to know that even if the audience is a little down or the interest wanes a little bit, it can always come right back. And it often does come right back as soon as there's another big hit that really moves people, especially when Marvel Studios, who's done this before and can and I believe will do again, when they string together a number of hits, then the interest feels just like it used to be. And, and maybe it's never going to look the way it did, at least in terms of box office numbers with Endgame or Infinity War. But we also know that it doesn't have to in order to know, for us to be able to know, see, and feel that audiences are embracing these characters again. And I know you could also just say, well, we don't need the audience to embrace them as long as we continue to. This podcast is is okay. Like we have a, a nice, uh, we have a, a very strong listenership that we are very grateful for. Uh, we are not enough though, in order to power these movies at the box office uh, for them to make the amount of money that they need to, to justify the budgets that they get to tell these stories in the way that they should be told. So yes, we do need general audience interest in these movies to be high in order for us to continue being able to enjoy new chapters of the MCU. I think it's still high enough, even if there are some recent examples that don't showcase it. There's another very recent example like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 that shows when you've got the when you've got the goods, the audience will show up. Even if they don't show up right away, they will still show up. And so all of that, I believe, for the MCU you know, yes, there was the rise of the MCU that peaked with the Infinity Saga, and maybe there's been a little bit of a fall down the hill uh, just a, a little ways over these past couple of years, but the MCU, before long, is going to be on its way back up. I have no doubt about that, thanks to the perspective I've gained by being around for as long as I've been, and specifically being a, a keen observer of superheroes and, and the various forms their stories take. Yeah, you know, the... I, the th being thankful for the MCU existing is is really it, it goes without saying. As someone you know, like like you, Sean, 
who you know, I'm, I'm just a little tad older than you are and got went through you know superhero anything was just always looked down on you know it was always considered kid stuff and never you know for a long time considered to be just beneath them and you know the comic book medium being a big part of that obviously or the, the biggest part of that and it's so funny to to witness like we being just be like being cool with x-men spider-man films we yeah. were getting you know the fact that we got daredevil i was like i, mean, I can't wait. in 1998 yeah. none of us were asking for a marvel movie to be nominated for best picture and then 20 no. years later it happened and i've gone on record many many times i don't want to repeat myself i've been repeat myself a lot in the show so i apologize to everyone who's listening to our other episodes but it just i i still can't believe i live in a world where we're getting the multiverse and i know it's it's a controversial thing and whatever at this point it's been hitting this so i i gladly admit that on um, at least from the at least at least from the uh, mainstream level i i i'm enjoying it but well, again it, on a mainstream a- level audiences embrace the multiverse in the spider-verse films they also sure. by the way even if i wasn't the hugest fan of that movie Multiverse of Madness made a lot of money, and so uh, to say that the multiverse is an, is an automatic turnoff at the box office, it isn't. The multiverse, you're right, you're right, the right, multiverse right. is a a form. It is a tool for storytelling, but it doesn't make it inherently good or bad. It doesn't make it inherently appealing or unappealing to an audience. Like with yeah. any other concept, just like superheroes in general, it's about right. the quality of the story you tell. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like it's funny you bring that up because the other day, um, uh, someone I, I, I'm, I'm acquaintances with and I like him. He's a very argu- argumentative person. Said like you know, very blanket statement, and he, he does this for reactions. But he's like, well, Superman's a boring character. And I'm like, well, in, in, in the very blanket statement, without giving more specifics, I said, well, I just read maybe one of the best Superman stories ever, and it's effing incredible. And like totally goes, you're wrong. It's like, well, yeah, you had to do this and you had to do that. And I'm like, well, you made a blanket statement. Like you can't just say this is boring because you can make any character can be boring. Any character can be interesting. It just takes the right uh, ingredients to make those things good. And I think that that that's one thing the MCU has done well. And I've always will say that I'm thankful for they they aren't they aren't beholden to the comics. But the comics are definitely the North Star a lot of majority of the time of everything they do. And they're a bit and it's not like they go out of their way to like, we have to do this because of the comics or whatever. We have to do this or we have to make this Easter egg. It just makes it more fun. And and that's the thing about it that I never thought I'd get was this this connected universe of TV shows and movies and and having them all be in the same universe. And that's the one and that's the thing that Marvel did back in the comic books. You know, that DC was kind of loosely connected. It was never one centered universe. Marvel was the one that married that because, well, Stanley was writing them all. And, you know, he tried he tried to make them kind of fun and, and, and he kind of interconnected them just kind of by accident. You know, it was it was not by accident, but you know what I mean? It wasn't meant to be as massive and as interconnected as it, we all love comic characters in the mainstream comics today of like DC and whatnot and this whole connected universe. But that's what it's turned into. And Marvel was the first, you know, comic, you know, you could, you could say a franchise, you know, medium of any kind to really embrace that. And that is to me, it, it, it's a good, and a, it can be a pro and a con, but the MCU has shown it's more of a pro than any, than, and it works in your favor more than anything. And I, and, and that's the thing I'm the most grateful for is the interconnectivity of everything, because I, I just love 
I love having things connect. I've always been like that. And it's one of the things I love about, you know, mainstream comic books. It's what we love the medium is the fact that there's so many stories and, 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 uh, you know, every, so many like uh, drop storylines that get picked up later on. We talked about, um, you know, the rumor again, the guy from the leader, right? Like he's going to be in, uh, one of the movies coming up soon. Like that movie came out like what? 2008. Yeah. We haven't heard him since. And now he's coming back. And yeah, it's gonna Tim be Blake Nelson. Awesome. Yeah, so I mean, like, that's the thing. We that's what makes this long form storytelling fun and interesting. Now, the difference we have with the comic books and the movies is that people age, and you can't just leave these, you know, ten year uh, uh, droughts of storylines yeah, without recasting. You can't or, preserve the status quo for yeah. as long as you can in comic books. Yeah. And, and, but I'll echo the sentiment that you have about the MCU because I think that's a really important point because so often yeah. the interconnectivity of the MCU, not amongst MCU fans, so I'm certainly not accusing any of you of doing this, dear listeners, although maybe some of you have, and that's fine, we can disagree, but so often, especially now, in a time where there is so much criticism for the MCU and it's so easy to just join that uh, join that chorus of, of people singing against the MCU that it's so easy for the the argument to be made and you just hear hear it repeated over and over again that it's the MCU that it's the MCU of it all it's the interconnectivity that gets in the way of the storytelling and if an MCU movie is good and no one can deny that it's good save for a very small percentage of critics filing their reviews on Rotten Tomatoes that it happens, it's some miracle that happened despite the MCU and despite the larger universe and Marvel Studios and the way they make movies and all of that. No, it happens at least in part because of the MCU and because of the elevated serialized storytelling that can happen within it. Now, don't mistake that for a point saying that the interconnectivity is what automatically makes it good. Nothing makes it automatically good or bad. The interconnectivity, the multiversal nature of stories right now, whatever it is, these are all tools and they can be used to take a they can be used to help make a good story even better or they can be misused to hurt a story. If it's it all comes down to as always the execution. But when it's done right and a Marvel movie has its own satisfying story all by itself, while also combining and elevating the excitement and the satisfaction of the audience by tying into some other things and playing on some of that interconnectivity. It elevates the story. It elevates the experience. It's that something extra that somehow finds a way to, turns out to mean a whole lot in the appeal of these stories, the experience of watching these stories unfold. And so I'm glad you brought that up, Paul, because obviously this is called MCU Fan Show. We are grateful for the Marvel Cinematic Universe itself. But a key point there is being grateful for the MCU as it's been constructed and not feeling like anybody ever really needs to apologize for how it's been constructed or even though we've just done it, defending how it's been constructed, that a lot of the criticisms that people have against the MCU, not everything. Some of those criticisms I agree with and do consider to be valid, but specifically the whole idea that the interconnectivity is inherently destructive to the storytelling and hurtful to the storytelling of the MCU. 
I I firmly disagree because I think Marvel Studios has been successful with it more times than they've been unsuccessful with it. And it's ultimately elevated and improved those stories and made them even better and more exciting. And so I am very grateful that that has happened. Normally, it's a bad thing when you use the expression that somebody keeps moving the goalpost on you so that you just never end up hitting the target or clearing that crossbar. In the case of Marvel Studios, I'm grateful for the many ways in which they have moved the goalpost on me because it's the goalpost of how much I should be dreaming about and be excited about the potential of as a fan. As I talked about before, the dream was a Spider-Man movie, a Hulk movie. The dream was not an interconnected universe like we've seen and embraced and loved so much in Marvel comic books. The fact that they pulled that off where I felt like, oh, they really did it and they succeeded with the Avengers. How great is that? Great, but better still is how they continue to advance it and build upon it, culminating with the Infinity Saga and then now continuing with the Multiverse Saga, that there's just even more and more that I get to dream about eventually seeing as a fan. And the interconnectivity of the MCU, while, again, it's a tool, it's not inherently good or bad, but the way that Marvel Studios has been able to wield it, as I said, they've succeeded more often than they have failed and the results, I think, have been uh, have been massively have been incredibly valuable to the overall storytelling of the MCU, and a huge part of why I have been engaged as a fan, and I'm far from alone in that. Yeah, and I think that the what built the MCU was the continuity. I mean, good movies, yes, but the continuity and the interconnectivity is what built, and I think helped launch it into what we got in Endgame, and that's what makes those moments matter because of the inner continuity and things connecting and they can't listen you can over connect things sure but you can also under connect things it's it's all about balance and execution yada 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 but to me the mcu will always be built upon the interconnectivity of the other films and they're in the same universe and that's really fun to invest in that i think your time because it's it, it, again, you know, again, because I, I maybe I'm just a homer, but I watch these movies and I'm like, I don't need when I watch Multiverse of Madness again or No Way Home, I don't feel I have to watch a billion things to remind myself. At least this, this from a peripheral, like if I'm watching, there's solid movies in my opinion. Like if I, right. I, I've seen like when I was a kid, one of my favorite movies you know, growing up, but it wasn't like the the top ten, whatever. I I rewatched a ton. It was like Star Trek. Um, the, uh, oh my God, always, oh, Chris will kill me. He always gets mad when I mess this up, but it's the, um, uh, the one where the, they, the Klingons get killed on the, on the ship. Um, oh my God, I, I used to new frontier, maybe, I don't know, whatever, yeah. whatever the one is. Where, I can't bail you uh, out on this one with Star Trek. Yeah, I know. I feel bad. I forgot. I, I always forget the name of it, but I'm, you know, me with names and titles, but, um, but anyway, I hadn't seen, I think. I didn't see. I don't think I've ever seen a, at that point in my time as a kid seen any Star Trek film, and they're very much predicated on just not really. They're, they're all. I knew they're a franchise, but like I had no idea what was going on as far as before. And I just sat down, watched it, and Undiscovered Country. That's what it was. Thank you. Um, so anyway, I'm watching that movie, and I love that movie. The movie's great. It's a great movie. And I have no idea how anything happened before or whatever. And it movie stands by itself. And I can stand by that. And when I watch movies, you know, there's, cer there's certain movies that definitely you need to know. You know, like Infinity War, 
Endgame, those kinds of movies, you know, I think you obviously have to have a, a background knowledge, uh, even Avengers to an extent. I, I don't even that. know if you have to in those cases. I mean, I, I do know people who saw where Infinity War and or Endgame was their first movie and they got really? it. Now. And I, I think I, I think that's the balancing act that that you're getting mm-hmm. at there, though, is that yeah, it needs to work if it's the only movie you're watching. But if it can also be elevated, if it's not the only movie you're watching or Infinity War is the first Marvel movie that you saw and then you really loved it. So then you went back and you got caught up. And so then when you finally rewatched Infinity War, you got even more out of it. That is the process working as it should, that you should be able to sit down. As you said, it's it's the balance in the execution, perfectly balanced, talking about Infinity War, that it has to be satisfying to an audience I mean, now we're sort of getting on a different subject that I'll definitely be addressing on Fan Show Plus, if not also here on MCU Fan Show. But the whole idea of balancing that experience of, yes, the story being told right in front of you, just like a comic book. The comic book that you're opening up and reading right there, it's still got to be a good comic book. It doesn't matter that it's part of Marvel if the comic book is bad. So the story's got to be good and it has to deliver in its own way even if it's the only story that an audience member is interacting with and then of course if it can be even better for those if it can be elevated for those who maybe are already more invested and have already been reading along or watching along or again as i said if after the fact they go back and, and look at everything and so then when they get to that rewatch they get back to that moment it means even more that is, that's how it should be. And I think for the most part, that's how it's been for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They haven't always been equally successful in every single installment, but nobody's really going to be uh, in, in that respect. And I think more often than not, they have been very successful. And I do believe that they very, I believe very much that they will continue to be. And while we're expressing gratitude for uh, for the MCU, I want to extend that to the people who have worked so hard to make the MCU what it is. And that's literally thousands of people who have worked on these movies over the past you know, 15 years now since Iron Man. The filmmakers, the crew, the producers, everybody who's been a part of telling these stories and telling them as well as, as they have been told over the years, I, I am so deeply appreciative of and I've certainly been uh, blessed with opportunities to meet uh, a number of these individuals at all different levels across various Marvel Studios productions and even befriend some of those folks. And, and that has been uh, an incredibly rewarding experience. It's always it's good to have friends. It's great to have friends as uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 teaches us. And so I really am uh, grateful to the individuals who work so hard and I have never worked on a Marvel production. Um, I've worked with people who've worked on Marvel productions, but I've also worked on productions, period. And having a, a firsthand look at just how hard it is to make anything, regard, never mind whether or not that thing's going to be any good, just how hard it is to make anything and how much work goes, uh, goes into it. So much of it is never really seen by the audience, or if they're seeing it, they don't even know exactly what they're seeing or how much work went into it, because how could they? Because the idea actually is for them to not know or not perceive exactly how much work went into it. That's not the goal. It's, it's supposed to keep them lost in the story. So 
just knowing how much goes into everything that everybody's doing um, in order to tell the best story that they can, in order to entertain an audience and move an audience, that is something that I know I'm grateful for. I know you are as well, Paul. And I know all of you listening, I'm sure all of you are as well and, and have a, an appreciation we are Marvel fans, right? We stay through the credits. We see all the names. And for every name, that's a lot of work that somebody did to help make that movie or that show that hopefully you just loved. And if not, hopefully you'll get back to loving the next one. Um, it's a lot of work that went in to their name being on it. And even a lot of work for name for people whose names don't end up being in those credits that we sit through for Marvel movies and Marvel shows. So to the people who, if any of them happen to be listening to this show, and I know some of them have listened to some of our shows over the years, don't know if they're listening to this one, but if any of you are, thank you very much for your hard work and, and your dedication to your craft, um, and the the evidence of your hard work and your craft shows in, in the final product uh, that we have been treated to in the movies and shows that we've been watching for the past 15 plus years. Yeah, no, totally, and it'll, yeah, I... Without, which I think we're going to be getting to more, a little more specific things we're thankful, thankful for, for MTU stuff. I'm not sure if we're doing that, but yeah, obviously anyone who puts work in, in this kind of thing is thank you because this is, uh, making air art of any kind of level is never easy. So, uh, it's much less a multi million dollar, you know, hundred, $500 production, you know, film yep. or TV series or whatever. So there's a lot of moving parts that have to be all in, in sync, and that is na, that's no easy task. Yeah, there is artistry, by the way, at every level of filmmaking. Yeah. Amen. And yes. so artistry within those doing the hair and the makeup, artistry certainly within the visual development team led by Ryan Minerding and, of course, Andy Park over at Marvel Studios. Um, there's artistry within the, uh, the craft service and the catering departments to make sure that that crew the cast and crew are, are well fed and ready to be powered through their very long days uh, making these things. And so um, really just deeply appreciative of everybody who has a hand in, in the making and, and the telling of these stories that we that we love and, and that we continue to love and enjoy so much. Um, as far as uh, this show runs the risk of going on forever, if I talk about more specific moments or things in the MCU, I know there's one news item that we are saving for the end. But Paul, uh, don't let me stop you. If there are things, uh, more specific things or moments within the MCU that you mm -hmm. are grateful for, uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, you know, I, I would say, you know, I'm just grateful. This is really cheesy, but I'm just grateful that Spider-Man was, was able to come into the MCU. That's a good one. MCU and play such a pivotal, great role that Sony and Disney could play nice and figure stuff out. And figure figure out a workaround and you know I, I look at no way home as being like again i need to do a proper rewatch of everything and but i think no way home is maybe one of the was one of the goats you know and oh yeah i, I look at that movie and it, it's it's phenomenally it really is I, I i say that and i'm not joking i think it is a well-written movie for what it is i mean like it, it's it i've said it on the show that movie is is way better than it has it has any right to be and they nailed that movie way more than I, I was ever expecting. And uh, it's just the fact that, you know, that character, my favorite character of all time, my favorite fictional character is was able to get into this thing that I love so much. Never thought I would be able to see. 
and had and it's been up and down. I mean, obviously, I love Homecoming. Not a huge fan as much as No Way Home. Or I'm oh, sorry, um, from uh, Far From Home. But No Way Home, it's, to me, it was like it's all worth it because that movie is just a is a in essence couldn't couldn't capture Spider-Man is spirit better than anything I have read or watched in a long, long time. And I, it was beautiful to witness in the context of the MCU with Dr. Strange. And like, and again, the interconnectivity that makes that movie great, not, you know, minus the nostalgist, you know, member berries, if you will. Right. Like it's, it's besides that it's a, it's like the whole thing with Dr. Strange and, and Peter's lesson. It's a great, it's a great thing. And so I'm just super grateful for like, you know, Spider-Man, I'm grateful that, you know, we're getting build up to things like, you know, Young Avengers even. Like, I know it's controversial that the Marvel's coming out, but and the whole like kind of quasi, you know, end credit scene. But I, I'm really grateful for that story because I think it's going to be I think that movie in, or whatever it turns out to be could be a I hate I want to say saving grace, but it could be a, something that really helps Marvel kind of figure itself out because, you know, the, the the young people is always where it's at. And I think Marvel will always be for people who are kids at heart or who are young kids themselves. And, and I think that something like that, having Miss Marvel and, you know, the new Hawkeye and all these young characters they have, you know, American Chavez, they need to get them together and put them in a movie. And I, and I, I they're obviously building towards it. And I'm really excited about that. And I think that is, be honest, I'm grateful for that because we haven't really got that in the superhero thing. A young, young, you know, specific character movie. You know, maybe New Mutants, which I love that movie, by the way. I, I no one else does, but I love it. Um, that being said, but like to have a young, you know, superhero movie like that, it's gonna be really fun. So I'm grateful they're going that route. Um, and they're not, they, they're not. Hopefully, they don't shy away because I, I think it, they, it needs to happen. And I'm grateful that they're, uh, they're, they at least appears to be a going for it. So those are just a couple things off the top of my head. Yeah, I think the Spider-Man deal is is worth highlighting in the history of the MCU because it was certainly something that I, I again in that category of we didn't even really know that we could dare to dream this because it just always seemed like it would be impossible. And cuz even there was a moment where when the rumor started that Disney and Sony and Marvel were all working on this in 2014 and even the um, the big phase three announcement that I was fortunate enough to be there for in October of 2014 at El Capitan Theater, big rumors going into that presentation that that's where they would announce that Spider-Man was going to be joining the MCU, and that didn't happen. We got, I mean, Kevin Feige just blew us all away anyway by announcing that incredible phase three slate and then bringing out Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans to say that Captain America, to officially announce that Captain America 3 was not going to be the Serpent Society. It was, in fact, going to be Civil War. Oh, by the way, Robert Downey Jr. introduces Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther, who's going to be in Civil War and also, of course, star in his own movie. And so I, I think that that presentation, of course, that's certainly a moment that I am uh, uh, grateful for. And there are some other experiences, MCU experiences that I can highlight that I'm certainly grateful for that that really helped stem from this podcast. But I, I think that when that presentation came and went and all that excitement was there, there was also the feeling, well, if it didn't happen here, maybe that deal fizzled and it's not going to happen. And, and it really had run quiet for a little while until in early 2015, then the announcement came, and then you and I were able to jump on a Modern Myth Media podcast to talk about 
Spider-Man coming home in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because we hadn't yet launched this podcast. We were about to launch this podcast, but it wasn't ready to go. Otherwise, that would have ended up being our very first episode. But it was just amazing to see that actually happen, but then also that potential being realized with what we've seen of Spider-Man in the MCU. And Spider-Man No Way Home, that is a milestone moment in the history of genre on so many different levels within the MCU, within the history of superhero-based cinema, incorporating, of course, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films and Mark Webb and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man movies. That was just uh, such an such an incredible moment to to have for that movie to even exist, let alone be as as in, as incredible as great as it was, um, was something truly special. And look, there are too many n- moments to name. I could go into specific moments in specific movies, specific developments in the MCU. Certainly grateful that we were blessed to have Chadwick Boseman be part of the MCU. You know, forever tragic that his life was cut short, but having a legacy like his that that lives on through the work that he did in and outside of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is, is certainly something to be uh, to always be grateful for. And and I think also, as I said, some experiences that I've had, I've been very fortunate thanks to whether it was this podcast or other projects that I've been a part of. Very, very fortunate, privileged, blessed to have been to some incredible MCU events. I mentioned that Phase 3 announcement, although I didn't actually get that through a press invite. I got that as a Marvel Unlimited Plus subscriber, so that was just straight up a fan invite that I got for that one. Um, But then also being able to be invited as press to cover Marvel movies at a number of junkets, being able to go to some Marvel premieres. I mean, I, I... I, I can't believe it It happened. I got to go to premieres for Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. And it's just if I never got to go to another premiere again, as I said, to, said to myself at the time, like I'm good with that. It's I'm already way too lucky to have already been able to be at so many of these events and being able to experience these movies uh, in the way that I did, at least in in certain cases, you know, those being the first times I saw Infinity War and Endgame at those premieres. Just uh, just incredible. The the ride that I've been able to go on as a fan, you know, thanks in part to uh, to having this podcast and, and other work that I've done is uh, these are just memories that that I'll always hold on to. But as I've continued to say over the years, and, and it still is true, I don't care if it's a premiere. I don't care if it's a junket. There's really nothing that was beating a, a Marvel opening night. I do think in recent years, it's been a little harder to have that same energy since they started showing these movies at 3 p.m. on Thursdays. So I, I would like to get back to that feeling that we have in, uh, you know, I, they still do the 7 p.m. showtimes, but the Thursday night 7 p.m. showtime of a brand new Marvel movie, especially at an IMAX theater or a Dolby Cinema with a totally amped up crowd watching a Marvel movie. That is the best way to watch a Marvel movie. And so I am very, very grateful for the memories that I have for every Marvel opening night that I have attended and grateful for the fellow audience members that were a part of my experience in watching those movies and helped elevate the experience of watching that movies because of our collective excitement in those rooms. It's just uh, it's a huge part of the magic of going out and seeing these things in the theater is, yes, you get the biggest possible screen. Uh, best possible sound. All of those things are great, but it's the community that really sets it apart. 
uh, certainly with experiences that I know we can all remember. Um, if you were there, if you saw those movies in the theaters, the snap with Avengers Infinity War, having the crowd be silent and then a crowd that could not be silent during the final battle and with portals and the ham- and Mjolnir and everything else in Avengers Endgame making it, being a huge part of making those moments what they were because we just couldn't help ourselves and, and all that emotion and that excitement just spilling out of us because how could it not because of how great that movie was in Avengers Endgame and of course all the stories leading up to it. So more things than I can count, more things than I can recall in a single podcast of, of things that I am grateful about in as it pertains to the MCU. But before I, I move on to the next thing, Paul, any anything else uh, on your your gratitude list for the MCU that no. we haven't hit? We can move on. All right. Well, I'm going to move on to the medium of podcasting. Um, I've already mentioned how it's you know it can be a great vehicle to foster, develop relationships and foster friendships, whether that's with an audience or with your co-hosts or your guests or whoever that may be. Um, it's but also as a vehicle of self-expression, it's something that I have been very grateful for that I've had this avenue um, to express myself and, and to be able to communicate with my co-host, but communicate with an audience to just express how much I love this stuff uh, because it's maybe making up for lost time because growing up, it was a lot harder to find people who liked the things that I liked. Um, it's still a relatively recent thing in my life that so much of the world embraces the kinds of things that I am a huge, huge fan of. It used to be a challenge uh, growing up to find maybe one other kid at school who would be a superhero nerd, and they may not stay into it for as long as uh, as long as you did or as long as I did, speaking to my experience. So there wasn't always an, an outlet to go and, and express uh, and just channel all of that excitement and all of that emotion that I feel as a result of these stories. And I know the emotion may not always come across because I'm... If I'm known for anything, it's being level-headed, and you can hear it in my voice most of the time when I'm in these when I'm doing these shows, and that's just because I want to be clear and, and be understood and make sure everybody can everybody knows what I'm trying to say. But I don't know that I can that I always really convey. Sometimes it, it shows up, but I don't always convey the level of excitement that I'm actually feeling. But it's there. That's what keeps me here. That's why I continue to do this. It's why I've been doing this in this podcast for eight years, overall, various podcasts doing this sort of thing for 15 years with no plans to stop anytime soon because I feel these things and I think these things and these stories impact me on all of these different levels that I have to sort through. And having the podcast gives me a great reason to sort through and and examine my own feelings and, and how these stories move me, how they affect me, the how, the why, so that I can articulate that for an audience. And if in any way that helps you explore your own feelings and your uh, and articulate your own thoughts and feelings about these stories, great. Uh, I, 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 I hope I've been able to do that for at least some of you. But certainly on a, on a selfish note, this helps me. This really does help me deepen my own understanding of, of how I feel, of how I feel about these stories. Maybe I'll be on that, how I feel in general. So I am grateful to have this outlet. And this is the only outlet that, because uh, I've tried other things, but this is the one that really allows me to be as long-winded as I so clearly and unavoidably am. Um, and 
you all don't seem to penalize me for that. Um, and you still see, you still embrace it as I ramble on and on and on. So I, I very much appreciate your patience and acceptance on that level. And I am just grateful that this medium of podcasting exists, you know, speaking of perspective and things that go through waves of popularity and then maybe uh, slow down for a bit. I've seen podcasting go in cycles too, as it seems to be a little bit right now. Um, but podcasting is still just as exciting to me as it has ever been. And I, I absolutely love doing this. And I'm so happy that this uh, that this form even exists because I always liked the idea and, and grew up listening to a lot of radio, especially sports talk radio. But I always knew if I wanted to have a talk radio show, I'd rather have it be about my favorite things and my favorite. I mean, I like sports, too, but wished I could do something like that for superheroes. And thanks to podcasting, I can. So I'm, I'm glad it exists and and even more grateful that there are those of you who who listen to me when I put these out. Yeah, I, I'd be here all day talking about podcasting. So I'm just going to echo exactly what you just said. Yeah, it's very therapeutic. I help. I'm, it is. I'm glad. So. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, uh, it it works out, and I'm, I'm grateful for it. So uh, there's one more thing that we want to talk about being grateful for as, you know, just more a more recent news development, grateful slash hopeful for in the MCU, and that'll be what we end with. But before we get to that, I do want to highlight some favorite episodes. Obviously, I mentioned, uh, mentioned earlier the Road to Infinity War series that are spread out from episodes 55 through 74. Episode 124, our Avengers Endgame spoiler review, but there are several others that I want to quickly highlight. Episodes 293 through 298, all of our Loki season two spoiler reviews. Very happy with those shows. The uh, episode two, um, yeah, so 293 through 298, episode 258, Marvel Studios SDCC 2022, plus Black Panther Wakanda Forever trailer breakdown. That was a first for us on the podcast. Paul and I watching as the news was coming out of a Marvel Studios Hall H presentation at San Diego Comic-Con and reacting to it just as we discovered it, just as we found it out in podcast form. I know a lot of those things have changed, especially in terms of release dates, but that episode was still a lot of fun to record, and we mm-hmm. certainly got a lot of great feedback uh, for a lot of people who had, yeah. had fun through us having fun. And so that's, uh, that's as, almost pretty much as good as it can get. So very... Uh, very, that will always be a favorite episode, or at least a favorite memory for this show. I mentioned before, 245 Moon Knight, Episode 3, Spoiler Review, uh, with my friend Tom. 236 is our Spider-Man No Way Home Spoiler Review. Special movie, special show. Really long episode, so I don't know if anyone wants to listen to that again. Um, but if you haven't, you know, set aside a week and, and, and listen to it. Uh, 191, our WandaVision Episode 8 Spoiler Review, the previously on episode. Uh, 183... That was my interview with Marvel Studios Director of Visual Development, Andy Park, who's also become a, a friend over the years that uh, I'm, I'm very grateful to be friends with and also share a birthday with. Uh, 170, what brought Maya to the MCU? Uh, my friend Maya, who met through our community on the Patreon and our Discord, joined the show to talk about how she became a fan of the MCU. And that's certainly uh, a type of show that I was doing back then that I kind of want to revisit at, at some point. But Happy to have Maya on the show for that. Episode 134, the Marvel Studios 2019 Hall H presentation reaction. And it's not just so much that specific episode. Speaking of memories that I am grateful for with the Patri- with our Discord available through our Patreon, I remember walking out of that Hall H presentation because I got to attend that one. 
and um, being on the line, you were in you were in that room too, Paul. Was we were had like the community chat going, the voice chat, and oh, we were yeah. all just geeking out about everything that we learned. And that was what I was doing, pretty much walking to my train from San Diego back to L.A. And then for those who stuck around, we were talking about that Marvel Studios Hall H presentation for my three and a half hour train ride home from San Diego to Los Angeles. So thank you to everyone who was a part of that very special, very fun night as Marvel fans. Uh, 133, the Infinity Saga Mount Rushmore episode featuring uh, our longtime, one of our longtime patrons, John. Episode 104, our Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse spoiler review, just because that movie's awesome and it was fun to review it. Episode 100, when Marvel ma- when Marvel fans meet, that's where you can hear more of the history of Paul and I and our, our journey with podcasting in general and this podcast, episode 91, what's the best Marvel Cinematic Viewing Order with one of our longtime patrons, Brian, episode 78, the Avengers 4 Speculation Spectacular, which as memory serves, and it may not be correct, but I'm pretty sure it was this episode, this was the one where Paul might have been the first if not certainly one of the first to throw out the idea of Avengers 4 being titled Avengers Endgame. So Paul uh, threw that out there, and I believe it was in that episode. Um, episode 76, our Avengers Infinity War spoiler review, for obvious reasons, mentioned the, the Road to Infinity War episodes. An episode that is currently not on our feed, I got to find it and get it back on there somewhere. One of our earlier episodes, um, one of the more infamous episodes uh, in the history of our podcast, our fan four stick, Fantastic Four 2015 spoiler review. That was an all timer. I gotta find it, and uh, it's it's there somewhere on a hard drive, and I'll I'll get it back into our feed. So those are some favorites over the years. But I also want to highlight a few very special episodes. 171 for our King Chadwick Boseman, as we were remembering Chadwick Boseman uh, in the days following his tragic passing, uh, with my friends Maya and Robert joining for that show. Episode 101, Paul and I celebrating the life and legacy of Stan Lee after he had uh, recently passed at that time. And of course, our dedication episode to our friend John Beerley. It doesn't have an episode number. It's in our feed as Modern Myth Media for our brother, John Beerley, our, our dedication to our to our dear friend. So those are some episodes that are uh, favorites and or very, very special and, and emotional episodes that I'm, I'm very happy with, very proud of, even if not necessarily happy for the reasons we had to do them in, in some of those cases, but um, you know, very proud of some of those episodes and, and worth going back and revisiting. Or if you're new to our podcast, if you want to get an even better sense of maybe who we are and, and who you're starting to spend some time listening to, those will give you a, a good sense of, of where we're coming from. So, uh, Paul, let's go ahead and let's move on to one last thing to be grateful for, And this is slightly tongue-in-cheek, although it is also very sincere. And the reason I want to include this is I got a chance to uh, express my own thoughts about this on Fanshow Plus, but our our listeners, um, with whom we are forever grateful for, haven't had a chance to hear your thoughts on this. And that is the news from a couple weeks ago that, reportedly, Pedro Pascal is in talks to star as Reed Richards in Marvel Studios' Fantastic Four. I know there are a lot of other rumors that are out there for Fantastic Four casting. We're just going to focus on this one because the trades also picked it up. It is not a done deal. It has been, or at least it was, certainly wasn't a done deal when it was reported as various issues being highlighted, scheduling issues and everything else that may ultimately prevent this from coming to fruition. 
but it at least sounds like there's a good chance that this is going to happen, Paul. And if it does, I will be forever grateful for this casting because I absolutely love it. And now I really have to hope that it happens because it's going to be hard to reconcile my feelings if it doesn't. And I don't want that to, to hurt my feelings about whoever would ultimately be in that role if it's not Pedro Pascal. But I, I love this casting news and, and I really hope that this is the that Pedro Pascal is indeed our Reed Richards in the MCU. What do you think? Yeah, I, I I love it. I mean, obviously he's done a lot of stuff lately, and people I've seen people say that he's over he's in too much stuff. He's oversaturated himself, and I and I I push back on that a little bit because I feel like the Mando show, you know, he's, I mean, most this, of the time you don't even see him. Exactly. So you don't visibly see him. If you if, honestly, I wouldn't even know that was his voice if someone didn't tell me. I mean, it's 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 you know, I'm so integrated. That's his Mando's voice, right? So. I feel that that is not as big of a deal. The Last of Us, obviously, it's it's its own thing. It's not superhero related, so whatever. Um, so, and to me, he's he's but he's got such a he's got such a great positive like following with him. Like, and that's we we talked about this too. I, first of all, he's a phenomenal actor. So, I mean, like that's that's you know no no problem there. Um, I, I think this would be a, a really good will uh, um, kind of sign to the fans from Marvel if they could get Pedro Pascal because of his ability to just the, what people respect. You know, I hate to bring that whole thing into it, but there's a respect that he'll bring to it. He'll have a, a different fan base potentially that might be open to watching the Fantastic Four because it's Pedro Pascal. And he's someone um, people root for. Ex- exactly. And I feel like th- that'd be that would be a very good will sign of Marvel of, of hiring him as Reed Richards. And I, I mean, like, I, I think he'd be perfect. You know, I've won a record saying I'd like Diego, Diego Luna would be a great Reed Richards. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. like there's, I like the, I like this idea of, of making Reed older. And I think that, and that's the thing I like about it. And it would be cool to see an older Fantastic Four if that's the case. And you can always make him look younger and make him more as, you know, what are you, you fidge a little bit and yeah, say early. Sure, this is Marvel. They can de-age yeah. anybody. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, so that being said, I, I think it'd be great. And I and I would love for him to do it. And I think that it would make, it would, it would make, it would, get, it would bring a lot of credibility to the project. And I think Marvel needs a little credibility now because of some of the things, some of the things that have been going on. And I think getting him on this movie would make people go, huh? Okay. Well, you know, and so, and c- because I don't think Pedro would do something if he's just, I mean, I'm assuming he wouldn't just for the sake of money and not having some kind of connection to it in some way. And I would think that, you know, he, there would be a good story there that he'd be into and telling, you know, ongoing, especially if you got, you know, who you cast as Dr. Doom eventually, because I don't, even though I I don't think Doom is or should be in the movie as a villain, he should be in the background somewhere and having whoever he's based off of Doom is important. And I think that to me is what I, where I can't wait to see him thrive is is him trying to fight battle Doom and, and their interpersonal relationship. So I'm into it, obviously. I mean, it's a slam, I think it's a slam dunk, but you know, as far as, you know, the idea of it, hopefully it happens, but you know, we'll see. But yeah, I, I'm totally into it. Yeah. It's got to happen now. Cause as I said, I'm, I'm very much attached to this idea. Instantly I became attached. Maybe it was my second feeling. My first feeling was I was actually, no, it went through a little cycle. There It was excitement and then annoyance with myself. 
that this is so perfect that why didn't I have Pedro Pascal anywhere on my list for my fan wish list for casting for Reed Richards? I totally should have because as soon as we saw the reporting, it just it just locked into place. It just fit. It just made total sense. And then, of course, yeah, I became because it made so much sense. I became deeply attached to the idea, and I, I really hope that it happens. And and as far as why it makes so much sense, why I feel like it's such a great fit. To that point, Paul, like it doesn't hurt to have an actor who people root for. I do think it's uh, the the confidence boost that you mentioned there is important in terms of people feeling like if Pedro Pascal wants to do this, that's a sign that there's something good here because he has options to do whatever he wants right now. And in terms of money, he can make a lot of money doing any of it. He doesn't have to do FF or be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So if he wants to... It's because there's something that he is seeing. And so that confidence boost factor, I, I think, is is very, very real and, and generates a lot of goodwill for the project. But most importantly, it's not just people like Pedro Pascal and that people are rooting for him and they've enjoyed him in other things. What's most important is still ultimately going to be the performance. And you got to have the right actor to give the best performance, the best portrayal of a given character and I can see how that happens with Pedro Pascal. I have always felt, and I have said as much in numerous of these 300 episodes or 1,400 plus counting the, the premium podcast, that the role of Reed Richards is one of the trickier roles, not just in the MCU, but in superhero movies in general, to cast. Because you have to have a guy who can be cold, withholding, sometimes overly analytical, caught up in his own head, caught up in his own mission, and can that can sometimes make him slightly aloof to what's going on around him, and especially the emotional experience of others around him. He has to be all of those things, and yet still have this undercurrent of warmth and likability. To be cold and warm at the same time is a very difficult thing to do as an actor, because it's something the audience has to feel. It's not something you can just communicate through the dialogue and, and everything like that. You can do your best in structuring the story, but there's also just an essence to it. There's also just a natural quality that a person has to have. And I think that, or if it's not natural, it's still they're still able to create it within their performance. And that is what Pedro Pascal has been doing as Joel on The Last of Us. Now, there's a whole science nerd thing for Reed Richards that doesn't apply to Joel in The Last of Us, I do believe that Pedro Pascal will be able to catch up and be just fine there. But in terms of the idea of somebody being emotionally withholding or trying to be emotionally withholding because they don't want to be emotionally invested, and yet it becomes apparent as an audience member that they can't help themselves because there is, they do, in fact, have a heart, and you can sense it the entire time, even when they are trying to close it off. Also, somebody who's been hardened by their experience and their mission and everything that they've gone through. But again, the cracks are still there in that emotional vulnerability. Pedro Pascal has been brilliant on The Last of Us, and that's just the latest example of his brilliant work. If you want to see somebody who is charismatic, many will remember his portrayal of Oberyn Martell in Game of Thrones. Or certainly, if, you ha if you're talking about more recent things, a lot of charisma, a lot of comedy right there, step for step, uh, when he's hosted Saturday Night Live. But I'm really looking at his body of work. And also The Mandalorian, speaking of 
emotionally withheld and yet also the emotion is still very much there and you're able to detect it when that helmet comes off and even when it's not even when it's just in the vocal performance if it's not necessarily pedro pascal in the suit but then when the helmet comes off and it is you see all of that that multi-dimensional character where things that they try to deny about themselves still somehow shine through even if it's just through the cracks it's bright enough for the audience to be able to see it and to be able to be invited more into the the heart and mind of that character that is what pedro pascal can do with his presence as an actor i think it's an extraordinarily rare and difficult thing and it was something that needed to be there for reed richards and while i I think there are certainly other actors where you can find it i'm hard-pressed to think of a better example of an actor possessing those very unique qualities as Pedro Pascal does and and as he has already shown in his work and as I believe he can take to even new heights as Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic in Fantastic Four in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So if this ultimately comes to fruition, add it to the list of things that I am so incredibly grateful for as a fan of the MCU and because I'm a fan of the MCU, a host of this podcast. So I... it. I, I just, I at this point, Paul, I just, I need it to happen because it, it's perfect. It yes, is an absolutely agreed. perfect choice. Agreed, 100%. And that is where we will wrap up this show. The attitude of gratitude will continue forever beyond this episode, but we do have to wrap up episode 300 at some point, and we have reached that some point. So thank you again to every single one of you who listened to this episode, anybody who's listened to any of our episodes to the friends that we have made along the way, to people who are right there with us and giving us that sense of community around, built around these characters and stories that we love so much. You play an important role in not only our experience with this podcast, but our experience as fans, our experience as people. And we thank you very much for that. And thank you so much for being here. Of course, we invite you to follow along in all those places you can. More episodes at patreon.com slash Sean Gerber and right here, on Apple Podcasts via Apple Podcast subscriptions with Fan Show Plus. But of course, you can just follow along with and reach out to us on our socials. We are at MCU Fan Show on Instagram, Threads, and X, formerly Twitter. Um, also, please remember to, if you haven't already, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It means so much to us and also makes a difference for the show. So it means a lot to those for those of you who have already taken the time to leave your rating and review. And we thank you for that. In addition to thanking for you for tuning in and being part of our experience as, as fans and part of our community of, of fans here of uh, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Paul, where can these wonderful people follow you or find you? Follow well, and find, find me. You. Yeah, there you go. Uh, no, you can find me on X, formerly Twitter, at Herman22 with two N's, a.k.a. P-Thug. Also, go uh, find me at the YouTube channel, The Comic Binge, where I go and try to make it a welcoming place for people who re- love comics, whether they're new or they're they're coming in or they've been, been in it like me for a while. I'm just trying to make it a place where people can just kind of hear a good conversation about comic books and not have it be, you know, gatekeepy or, or whatever and have, try to have some fun along the way. So uh, go check that out there. Next week's episode, we're going to be talking about uh, Xmas, uh, meaning Christmas. I love saying Xmas instead of Christmas. Um, Christmas uh, present, uh, you know, basically list or uh, ideas for Christmas presents for your comic book fans of lovers. So if you are looking for ideas to give people or to get people, 
uh, let me, you'll want to tune in next week because me, Chris, and I think Javi will be there. Uh, we'll be giving you some some ideas of what you could do, of the, you know, which comic books and the MCU are, are very close related. So if you're looking for ideas, we might have some ideas there to check it out. So uh, next Tuesday, I think next, yeah, next Tuesday will be the, the episode. Check it out there. Even holiday gifts you might want to buy for yourself just in case, you know, you suspect exactly. that the gift givers in your life won't come through. So you just, you know, That's you true. never know. And it's certainly worth uh, tuning in to the comic binge in general, but certainly for a holiday yes. gift guide. If you want to mm-hmm. follow me on social, you can. I'm at Mr. Sean Gerber on Instagram, Threads, and X, formerly Twitter. Um, so thank you once again to everyone for being with us on this journey through this episode, the 299 that preceded it, and many more in other places in, in our own podcasting and MCU fan journey. But for now, for this installment, for and for Paul Herman, I'm Sean Gerber. Take care. <laughs> we'll see you next time.